Black moments distilled into easily digestible poetry that goes down like tonic. This book reminds us that literature lives outside of classrooms or cringy rom-coms. It's more than to be or not to be a phenomenal woman or a brother to the night or the blues in your left eye trying to be the funk in your right. Poetry is more than that. Poetry is life. This everyday, mundane, extraordinary life. Poetry turns this life into a song. Today's song, Digging Deep Down in Those Roots, Poetry of Black Hair, Culture, Resilience, Personal and Collective Trauma by Katina Horton. And you're listening to Lit Society. Let's get lit. Alexis. And you're listening to Lit Society, a podcast about books and drama. Alexis, I wanted to ask you, were there any poems that you grew up reading that maybe you loved back then that are like a little cringy to you now? No, I don't remember um, growing up reading poems at all. What did you read in school? You don't remember any Shakespeare even? Um, Not until... College is Shakespeare to be or not to be? <laughs> Hamlet is, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, not until college, and that was a, you know, that was a struggle. I remember being in a class, and the instructor was like, "This is so easy!" Like he was asking <laughs> people to explain the poem, and nobody raised their hands. And oh. he was like, and he was like. Um, I don't know why you guys don't get it. It's so easy. Stupid <laughs> kids. Like, dang, but we, I don't get it. So right. I don't. And poetry is subjective, right? So what he got out of it, why I got to get the same thing. But that's what they wanted you to get. The exact same thing that like there was just one message in there and we were supposed to get that one message. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of the message, I know that you grew up listening to another type of poetry. Oh, but maybe you didn't. (laughs) As I think about it. We're talking about what I grew up doing now. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I think about the poetry I grew up listening to, and that includes a lot of music. Um, mm-hmm. And that includes a lot of the um, even rap music that my dad would listen to sometimes. So let's talk about that. Okay. Now, you guys, let's easily transition all up onto the theme of the week. If you listen to our podcast before, then you know each week we select a theme to discuss inspired by the book we're reading. And this week, our theme is. How to Correctly Read Poetry. Three quick, dirty tips. Now, is there a wrong way to read poetry? What do you think, Alexis? I will say, yeah. And that would be just reading it once and being like, I don't get it. And moving (laughs) on. I'm never reading poetry ever again because I didn't get this one piece. Exactly. Or saying, I got this out of this poem. So everyone must get this exact thing or they don't get it. Also (laughs) that. That that feels like a wrong way. Hint, hint, teachers. (laughs) Hint, y'all. Stop doing that. (laughs) Um, So let's get into these three quick tips that I found um, that were helpful to me and also from the experts, I'll say, um, including NPR. There's some writers unions uh, that I pretend to be a part of that also give great tips on how to uh, read and dissect poetry so that it's enjoyable. Number one, 
Think of each line as you would a verse in a song. Um, This is where we're back in the classroom and really learning how poetry is formed. Because Mm. poetry is like a song anyone can sing. That's right. You ain't got to be Whitney. You ain't got to be Mariah. And I. Uh, Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. That just jumped on out of me. Don't make me me blush y'all this early in the morning. (laughs) Do Uh, the music thing. Okay. Sing. (laughs) So (laughs) to, to properly sing, quote unquote, poetry, you don't need to be able to hit those notes. You can even I can do it. So you definitely can do it. And like music notes. Um, poetry has stresses. You know what a stress is in a word or um, yeah, what it means to stress a syllable in a word, Alexis? It means you're taking it up a notch um, as you say that word. Yeah, kind of. That so, syllable, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my name is Kari. It's not Kari. That means the emphasis is on what? Car. Right. K-A. <laughs> Kari, <laughs> uh, your name is Alexis, not Alexis or or Alexis. <laughs> so that means the emphasis is on which syllable? The first. Right. The second. Alexis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm Alexis. Yeah, that English wasn't for me. Didn't I tell you that already? No, Why are you testing me in the morning? It, no, Why? Just, Why do you do me like this? You just be trying to embarrass me. Fortunately, I am not easily embarrassed. <laughs> this is mm. perfect because if the emphasis was on the first syllable, your name would be Alexis. But your name is Alexis. Okay. All right. It is Alexis. You're right. <laughs> so what You're does right. that mean uh, when it comes to poetry and stresses? The placement of stress in each word is like the rhythm of a song. In poetry, this rhythm is called poetic meter. And this rhythm creates a complete beat. So when you think of the beat of a song, that's like the rhythm that you should naturally hear in a poem. Um, You can also liken the beats in a a song to poetic feet. Poetic feet um, are like units of stressed and unstressed syllables in a line of poetry. And one line of poetic verse is made up of like several feet. So let's give an example. One type of very popular um, foot is a trochee. And trochees are metrical feet consisting of one emphasized syllable followed by one short or unstressed syllable. So let's make this make sense. Um, Please, because it's over my head. (laughs) The math ain't math. So (laughs) trochee means you stress, then you don't. You stress, then you don't. And I'm all up, all up, all up in the bank with the funny face. And if I'm fake, I ain't noticed. Cause why? Cause my money ain't. That's okay, Alexis. Also- yeah, yeah. Okay. Again, over my head. You know, bring dumb it down for me, okay? Stress, don't stress. Stress, don't stress. Uh, cardi, bardi, banging, body, spicy, mommy, hot tamale. So that's an example of trochee. Um, the reverse of trochee is iambic pentameter. And if you had to study poetry in school, then you're at least somewhat familiar with iambic pentameter. It was William Shakespeare's favorite. That's where um, the first syllable is not stressed and the second syllable is. That's where we get Hamlet. 
as Alexis already mentioned, to be or not to be, that is the question. It's not to be or not to be. You get it? Yeah. So then how do you make that determination um, in a poem that you like? I just picked up a poem today. How am I making that determination how to um, that should be read? Okay, so this is cool because actually we naturally in our minds choose which syllable to stress. When you read to be or not to be, you can say it in a monotone way and still emphasize the syllable. If I say Alexis, I'm not saying one syllable louder than the other, but that emphasis is clearly on the first syllable of Alexis, 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 Alexis. Um, So naturally we choose just in the way we speak our language, which um, syllables to stress and which not to. In to be or not to be, it is without thought that we stress the second syllable. We don't stress the two because we don't stress articles usually. We're stressing that verb to be or not to be. Um, we're stressing the verb, the contrarian word, not, and then the verb again, naturally. Does that make okay. sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it should come to me naturally as I read these poems, mm-hmm. which words to stress. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and a variation of iambic um, um, pentameter can be iambic uh, tetrameter, which is where the emphasis is on beats two and four and beats one and two are not stressed. So if I say I got power, poison, pain and joy inside my DNA, I got hustle, though ambition flow inside my DNA. That's Kendrick Lamar. And Notice how the emphasis has nothing to do with words, but syllables. An example is um, I got power, poison, pain and joy. Pain and are what is emphasized. So I got power, poison, pain and joy inside my DNA. Um, And it doesn't matter that pain and don't really go together. Those are two separate words. Um, Mm -hmm. So. If we got that down, if we know a a little bit at least about iambic pentameter, which is probably the most famous type of structure and trochee, what does that mean as far as our enjoyment of poetry? Yeah. How does that translate? Okay, because that's what I was going to say, because like, have I even heard those words? Maybe no. Okay, no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so so those categories and that structure can help us know what we're listening to. But when you listen to a song, do you have to know how to compose music to appreciate music? Of Mm-mm. course not. No. So you can kind of throw that away. It's nice to know and definitely helps you maybe appreciate the piece on a deeper level, I'll say. Maybe. Um, But I won't even qualify it like that. So number two, forget all that classroom stuff and just think about what it means to you. A very famous poem uh, that I was telling Alexis is a little cringy for me now is Maya Angelou's legendary phenomenal woman. Oh, interesting. Why? 
<laughs> because this was the go-to poem that people chose and they had to read a poem in front of the class and we just did it to death. It's like a song that you love. I mean, hit me, baby, one more time. You was listening to it. You didn't know what the words mean. They didn't mean anything and or meant. <laughs> and you, you did. You just like the beat. You like the rhythm of it. And sometimes mm-hmm. songs you do relate to. And so you play them to death. Phenomenal right, Woman right. was a, a poem we played to death. So, so it's know. not necessarily the words of the poem. It's the fact that it was overplayed for you. Yeah, it's a reason okay. why we loved it, just like with music. And so if a song speaks to you, those words really do still speak to you, but you can get sick of hearing the rhythm of it. Same with poetry. So when I hear pretty women wonder where my secret lies, I'm not cute or built to suit a fashion model size. But when I start to tell them, they think I'm telling lies. I say it's in the reach of my arms, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I'm a woman. Phenomenally phenomenal woman. That's me. Uh, that's I mean, it's really well put together. It's very mm-hmm. personal. It was personal to Maya. Really look at poems as songs. See what those lyrics mean to you, what each line means to you. If the original artist or a writer um, saw something different in the lines they wrote, that doesn't mean you have to see the same thing. Art is subjective. So you can draw a completely different meaning from a poem than what the original poet even meant when writing it. Interesting, because I, I mean, don't people write poetry with, and I, again, I, we just talked about it being subjective, but don't people write poetry with um notes in there you know what I mean yeah with the, a point like I wrote it because I wanted to write about my experience in this relationship mm-hmm. but if I'm getting something different while I can get what I want out of it I'm not getting what the author's original purpose was um, so this helps you knowing the author's original reason for writing a piece can help us understand it through their eyes and maybe see something deeper in it um, through that. But think of a sad love song. Um, someone might hear that song and think of um, a relationship they had with maybe a parent who passed away. Um, they can even think of a friend that they haven't seen in a while and draw meaning from that song, even though the original writer may have been talking about a romantic love that ended. That was a cathartic experience for the writer. So um, it's had benefit them writing it. It helped them to release those emotions. But other people will release other emotions listening to that. Um, and that's the same with poetry. So again, the the notes in a poem are like the stresses of sim- uh, syllables. And as we hear those stresses, even even if we're not paying attention to the lyrics or to the words of a poem, um, those stresses can touch our heart. Um, one um, like analogy I heard that I thought was really beautiful is to put your hand over your heart when you're trying to remember what iambic pentameter is. And you'll hear the doom, the doom, the doom. When we read a poem in iambic pentameter, we are reading the beat of our heart. Interesting. Um, so it's important to know, sure, what what originally was meant um, by the writing. But it's also okay to project your own emotion, your own life into the words of a poem. Okay. And lastly, 
Number three, think of poetry like music. I can't emphasize that enough. Listen to a lot of it and try different genres. If you are not into um, haikus, that's fine. But don't give up on poetry altogether because you are sick of, oh, you know, a better example. There used to be these poetry readings when I was younger and people would really mm, take themselves seriously reading these, uh, you know, (laughs) into me, I see, you know, like that can be kind of (laughs) cheesy (laughs) and it might make you cringe a little, but that doesn't mean you hate poetry. (laughs) So try different genres. Um, I've never been a huge fan of classical poetry outside of William Shakespeare, just because I thought that was really drilled into us in school. And I wanted to um, be exposed to newer poem poems and to, to poets that looked like me growing up. But I was watching James Bond Skyfall and there's a part where Judy Dench quotes Tennyson, um, specifically Ulysses. And I would have never picked this up on my own. Ulysses ends with, though much is taken, much abides. And though we are not now that strength, which in old days moved earth and heaven, that which we are, we are. One equal temper of heroic hearts made weak by time and fate, but strong in will to strive, to seek, to find and not to yield. Which I think is just a beautiful song dedicated to tenacity. You ready to take a break? Yep. And we'll return with digging deep into digging deep down in those roots. All right, let's go. Okay, and we're back. Alexis, can you please give us some uh, information on our author, Katina Horton? First of all, did she write every poem in this book? And um, what can you tell us about her and her motivations for writing this? Yeah, um, she did write every poem in this book. Katina has a bachelor's degree in business administration and management from Robert Morris University and a computer science master's from American Intercontinental University. Katina is a coach, speaker, writer, and podcaster. The podcast is The Valley of Grace. She is the author of nine books, including My Blackness and Broken Pieces, Change Your Mindset, Break Unhealthy Patterns, and Get Off the Mat and Thrive. She is the mother of two young children. And from what I can tell, Katina self-published this book, Go Girl, um, yes. and it was released in June of 2021. I didn't find much else as far as a, a motivation behind it, but she's a writer. She's writing. So this is just her output. Um, And can I ask how you first discovered this book? OK, I was going <laughs> to talk about that a little oh, later, great. but I, I, um, I can tell you now. I was in Macy's, right, just browsing Mm -hmm. Barbara's books, and um, I came across this cover, and it was beautiful, and I had to have it. I did not know it was a book of poems. I just wanted the book. Or a local author, right? Right. I didn't know any of that. I just admired the cover and took it home. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that. You just saw something and was open to discover 
something new in the world of literature. That's beautiful. Yep, 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 yep. And now, can you please give us a brief synopsis of our book, Digging Down Deep in Those Roots? We dig down deep today to find roots buried underneath. We pull up our present. Katina takes us on a journey to our roots using poetry that reminds us of our grandmothers, mothers, hair, church, language, and so much more. Kari, who do you think would enjoy this book? I think um, poetry books like this are just great coffee table books because Mm. anyone who wants a break, maybe from novels and um, nonfiction even, this keeps you in the world of literature and keeps exercising your mind without um, having to dedicate yourself to a complete story. So if you got five minutes, leave it on your coffee table, pick it up, read a poem, try to decide what that poem means to you. And that's it. Um, So it's really digestible. Anyone who's looking for that, which is likely everyone listening to this podcast would love a book like this. And these poems, this uh, collection of poems is specific to a point of view, a black, um, specifically black American point of view, which can be fun because when you pick up a a book um, addressing a culture outside of your own or even your own, it um, like um, capsulizes the experience. So every time you pick it up, you know, you're um, getting a segment of that point of view, even if for just five minutes of your day. Mm-hmm. Um, that helps you to see the world a little differently, I think, um, have more empath- empathy for others. Um, and Alexis, what were your first thoughts? I guess you addressed it when you saw it in Macy's. How did you feel? Yeah, so that cover, it just really... Um, pulled me in. And like I said, I didn't realize it was a book of poems until I got home. But once I saw that I was uh, a book of poems, I thought it would be interesting to take a stab at this um, book of poetry within the podcast. So I was looking forward to that. And now for our deep dive into digging deep down in those roots, poetry of black hair, culture, resilience, personal and collective trauma by Katina Horton. Uh, This is going to be a little different The format for us will be a little different this week. Alexis, please take it away. So allow me to read our titled poem and then we'll go through some of the ones um, that took me back. And Kari, I'll ask you to share your picks um, and why they resonated with you. Okay, cool. All right. Digging deep down in those roots. Digging deep down in those roots. But what does that mean? Going to the beginning, the moment of sinning, when our nation did its thing. Digging deep down in those roots. But what does that mean? Knowing the path that you are walking and the language you are talking will not define your entire being. Digging deep down in those roots. But what does that mean? Savoring the gifts you've been given, knowing that life is worth living and letting it sink into your seams. Digging deep down in those roots. But what does that mean? Walking and wailing till grief has taken over, linking with black arms and black heads and black shoulders, standing so strong. When you know you've been wronged, praying with our people, way to God's holy steeple. 
praying so long with our 400-year song, digging and digging till there's no more reneging, and you're digging deep down in those roots. This poem I enjoyed because it touched me and it made me think back. And I like thinking back. I I have limited memory, as you guys know. I don't remember a lot of things, and that's okay. <laughs> but still, when it um, these type of things jog my memory. So when I read through these poems, I highlighted the ones that took me back to my youth. Oh, I love this! It's so vibey. Hey, y'all! Uh, if you're at your office, we'll give you a second. Go get your tea. <laughs> <laughs> if you driving, go ahead drink your water. And just relax. We're going to get into the culture right now, okay? It's going to be fun. It's going to be nice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Take it away, girl. You got it. Okay. So I really loved um, Humanity's Quilt. So I'll start with that. It's on page 15 of the book. And it says, everybody has a story, but it's not about us. Only reflecting back to him, his glory. Our stories reveal the pain, the hardships, the trauma, the mountains, the valleys, and all its drama. Our stories give us our square, our patch, our material on the quilt. As we sit adjacent to all the other squares, representing stories from all over the world, our gigantic quilt of love sewn together by humanity. This story makes me think of, this poem makes me think of um, just the... How all our stories form this one quilt of humanity. Yeah, that's it. I love that. That's pretty much it. Um, So why don't you share a poem that you love and we'll just go back and forth. What I love about this book is that um, it's not so heavy and serious it's um celebrating our culture but it's also like laughing at it yeah <laughs> <laughs> through the words of our like grandparents and yeah. uncles and aunts that we grew up hearing so going in order or semi-order i'm gonna um emphasize a poem called black folk don't do therapy oh i have that on my list go for it <laughs> <laughs> Black folk don't do therapy. We pray and we cry. Yep, we cry in private. But in public, our tears run dry. Black folk don't do therapy. We're strong as a people. We just slay in the spirit till our prayers hit the steeple. Black folk don't do therapy. We just hope and we pray that our unhealed brokenness will up and leave us someday. Black hmm. folk don't do therapy. Because we think it's a sin if we bring down from bondage generations had to win. Black folk don't do therapy because then we can negate every game that's been played against the enemy called hate. Black mm. folk must do therapy till we break all devices that's been sown into seeds then planted with preciseness. Black folk must do therapy. So our kids will one day see that our growth, faith and healing was a bicycle made for me. 
Woo! I love that one. <laughs> Snaps. Can I get that snap in there? Okay. Mm-hmm. I love that one. I like the rhythm of it. And I like just the fact that it's a black folk don't do therapy, which is something I've definitely heard in my life. Why? Because we strong. We pray. We cry. We hope. <laughs> yeah. And none of those are reasons not to do therapy. Right. Right. I have a friend I just talked to and I know she is going through some hard times, but she is not going to therapy and I think she needs it. But she Mm -hmm. has to make that decision for herself, doesn't she? Mm -hmm. I believe in therapy. I have a Mm -hmm. therapy appointment after we record today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's essentially a check in. But Um, we already know you don't do black stuff. Y'all, she just (laughs) discovered fried chicken. (laughs) Don't be like that. But I do. I really, um, I really, that poem resonated with me because it is such a thing within the black community. Yeah. I think it's kind of aging out, but it definitely, yeah. Yeah. I think so. It used to be the way. Okay. Let me jump back um, to page 26 where we have the Ebonics train. Okay. I remember that one. Okay. (laughs) Ebonics. Is what we call it. It's language filled with expression, love, culture, struggle. It's the vowels and consonants doing their own thing, walking their own walk, dancing in the darkness of injustice, the language of freedom, our own language, where rules are made up as you go along, where the expression of black takes on a pattern of its own. It's Ebonics. That's what we call it. (laughs) I love that. But I love it. Ebonics or A-V-E, it has a musicality to it. So Mm -hmm. the way we talk is like music and I love it. And I've been paying attention more and more to it, trying to let go of the things that bother me, (laughs) (laughs) you know, take my little judgment out of there and just embrace it for what it is. Because there is a proper way to speak. Yes, that's always there. But then people put their own spin on language. And I think that's important to accept. And one of the things um, we we um, discussed in the secret life of dictionaries is that there is no proper way to speak. There's a standard way of speaking um, that is needed to communicate across uh, boundaries, geographical and otherwise. Um, But that isn't how we speak in our homes. Honestly, any of us, no matter your culture. So yeah, I love that. And I love how, um, uh, AAVE has its rules. Uh, there was a, a, a thread that I retweeted on our Twitter um, of, <laughs> I saw of people outside of the culture using AAVE. I don't know to sound cool or just using it as slang and using it terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. I be trending. I be trending. Um, is one that sticks out. <laughs> or uh, there was a lot of Chile. Now Chile. Is not A-A-V-E. That is slang specific to the culture. But even that, what's Chile? It's child, y'all. Stop child. saying Chile. Ooh, child. <laughs> you just letting people know you don't know the language, which is fine. <laughs> Ooh, <Okay>. Chile. <laughs> That's one the of my favorite out. expressions. Anyway. Ooh, child. <laughs> yeah, it's so, got so much yeah. in it. Ooh. <laughs> and Go you're ahead. right, there's a rhythm to it. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a rhythm to uh, AAV. So 
So let's hear another poem from your end. Oh, okay, great. Right. Okay, here we go. I guess I'll go in order. I love privileged conversation. Ooh, that was um, a good one. <laughs> I, think, I think it sums up well what privilege is as it's often discussed in um, uh, racial terms or terms of caste in this country. And so here we go. Privileged conversation. I don't like the word privilege. I worked hard. My family was poor. Privilege means a 400 year start before I even hit the door. Head start on luxury, savings, education, even more. Buying houses, gaining stocks, fighting modern day slavery on all the butcher blocks. Privilege is a luxury. Tis an inborn racial thing, not getting what's deserved, awaiting a ride upon that swing. The swing is the ladder. The ladder is the system. The system has already been set. Go to school, obey the rules. No matter how hard you work, you will never be next. Think privilege. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a little more solemn. Yeah. Um, but I love how it talks about, uh, yeah, that privilege is the head start. And instead of being preachy, it's playful in its counsel of what that privilege means. It doesn't mean you didn't work hard. doesn't mean you were never poor. Right. It means you had that head start and that the system was built for your success. That's privilege. Um, so great job, Katina. What's next on your list? Okay. Let's see. Next on my list, Black Superwoman. <laughs> Who that called my name? <laughs> okay, go <laughs> Just Let's hear it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to try to do less page ruffling, but here we go. Black Superwoman. Hold those tears in. Don't cry. Wipe your eyes. No time for that. You are a Black woman. Superwoman. Super strong. Showing those emotions makes it all go so wrong. The problem with this logic is that it stems from the wrong base. It was given to our people at the auctioning block race. We can be strong, be super, be vulnerable, be all those things, be in charge of the nation, have a room in the West Wing. But our people must learn to release the emotions, the trauma that has begged us, hold it in like our mama. To shed the stigma that blacks don't cry, don't break, don't release what's within. Release the lie, release the die, release the superwoman that's been pinned. Mm, Alexis, what does this poem mean to you? So I've been hearing more often that black women need to move away from the strong black woman mentality. Yeah, there's a trending conversation right now about softness and finding our softness as women and the yeah. strength in softness. Yeah, yeah, because it's a um, it's a um, a label that we've worn for so long, and sometimes. Children don't see their mothers cry. They don't see them um, struggle. And so you take that on. You embrace that for yourself. And you're like, well, yeah, she's strong. She didn't do that. So I don't have to do that. But you really need to do that. And yeah, I so you don't be beating your kids for no reason. Hi, mom. 
<laughs> Don't be strong and then angry. That's strong and angry. You can't be both. Don't be both, okay? Don't. Just I saw. Not to be. <laughs> I saw this um, Instagram reel, and the girl said, "I saw a damn." I'm signing up for the damsel black girl delegation. She said, I'm emotional and I'm weak. Help me. Yes, I need help. I'm signing up for that too. I'm emotional and weak. Yes, carry my bags. I'm going to say yes more often to such things. So mm, I, open the door for me. Carry my bags. Yes, I am a lady. And we ain't got to go from one extreme to the other. By the way, my mom is perfect. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we don't have to never cry or be weak. I think there's, we're, we're all humans. We're all layered. We all have emotions and needs. Um, and that doesn't make you weak. So yeah, girl. And I am a traditionalist when it comes to certain things. I think um, women should be allowed. So yeah, I do expect a door held open for me <laughs> by a man who raised you. Who in the world, what kind of man is walking on the left side of me and the street is on the right? There's a what poem in here about that. Isn't There's there? a poem about it. And I thought, oh, but also, where did I get that from? Yeah, you know, these, where did you get that from? Because I don't think that makes me um, uh, strong just because I can open the door myself. You know what I mean? I, I can open, I got arms, you know, and I need to work yeah, my arms. Yeah, these gender roles to, don't speak to your um, to your strength as a woman or your, not strength, your value as a woman. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. You can open yeah, the door right. for me. I'm fine with that, but um, it's not a requirement. And where some people have that as a requirement. I'm offended. I ain't gonna lie. I'm offended if a man is in front of me and don't open the door. And if he lets it close even slightly in my face, I'm wondering who raised you? <laughs> and maybe that's just my hang up. But yeah, I'm offended. I, I'm looking at that man different for the rest of my life. Why don't yeah. you share your next poem? All righty. Here we go. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, laugh a little bit with a very short poem that speaks to uh, things that I'm still hearing today from uncles, aunts, play uncles, play aunts and play cousin. And that's in a poem called They Business. <laughs> Grown folks don't like it when you ask them about their business. Where are you going? Going to see a man about a dog. How old are you? Girl, now you know don't ever ask a grown woman about their age or their nation. I guess that's the end of that conversation. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and their business. <laughs> yeah. And the older I get, the more I, I see myself saying some of these things, huh? Mm -hmm. My age, you better go somewhere and sit down. Yes, mind your business. <laughs> Don't be in people's business. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> Worry about yourself. <laughs> what you got next, Alexis? <laughs> this one is Mrs. Guy, page 38. Yesterday, I bought a sour pickle from Mrs. Guy. Had to go back down there and my mother asked why. Forget my insert? You know, the one that's full of dye. 
Mama, you know what I'm talking about. Talking about that thick peppermint stick that you place in the middle till the salt and the sweet has you dancing with a fiddle. <laughs> Wait, which one is Did this? Did you eat the pep, the pickle and the peppermint? Oh, what are you talking about? You never heard of that? Oh my goodness. Are you basically asking me if I've ever been pregnant? No, I've never craved pickles and peppermint. Stop That's it. That's a thing? They sell them together? Yeah, yeah. I got another one to back that one up. Hold on one Please. second. <laughs> a peppermint pickle. Ever had a peppermint pickle? Tastes Mm-mm. so good. It will leave you feeling fickle. You have to buy a sour pickle, then stick the long, wide peppermint stick in the middle. Then you bite a little peppermint, and then you bite a little pickle. So cool and so sour. Got you playing high on the fiddle. Have you ever had a sweet and sour filled with power peppermint pickle? (laughs) You don't know that life. And the fact that peppermint pickle make their way into two poems in this book, (laughs) I feel less black. Thanks. Now I got to go have a peppermint pickle. So look, I have heard of peppermint pickles. Now, when I was pregnant, I didn't have pickle peppermint cravings. That wasn't a thing for me. (laughs) But I've always heard of peppermint pickles. So that's why that poem grabbed my attention. So you never had one either? I never had one. And I always wanted to try it because I felt (sighs) like it was a adult thing to have. That's what I remember. Like a mature person would have a peppermint pickle and I never got that. And this no, book girl, reminded me of No, girl, you're thinking of vodka of watermelons. No, <laughs> no peppermint, peppermint pickle. pickle. So I, in my adult life, will have a peppermint pickle. Yeah, we're going to I've that. been reminded of it, that I need to bring that back. And I don't know if it's going to be good or bad, but the <laughs> poems make it sound good. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you go, you take a turn. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Hmm. <laughs> okay, as a former latchkey child, I really enjoyed I'm Flying Like an Eagle. You they know, made this me think- book made that poem made me think of you. <laughs> Everybody knew I was just, you know, uh, what Aerosmith <laughs> say, a punk in the street. <laughs> Poor latchkey kid. So here I go. <clears throat> I'm flying like an eagle. I made it home. I'm what they call a latchkey kid. Don't bother me, though, because while mama's still at work, I'm having my own party called a one woman party. Got my mama's record player going. I'm flying like an eagle. Yes, to the sea, baby. That's the name of the song. I'm sitting in the park, baby, dancing and feeling free till the phone rings and mama's checking to make sure I'm doing my homework. Yes, mama. (laughs) Why did I go and lie? I don't want her to know I was with the eagle. Way high up in the sky, meaning in her stuff, meaning big trouble. I put the music back on when I get off the phone. I'm with the eagle again, grooving, swaying, making history. Almost time for mama to come home. I put everything back in place. Good girl mode. (laughs) No need to disturb the order of perfection, the order of perfection for the black human race. We must keep the records lined up like gold. The ones that have kept us grounded in the trials and the madness we behold. Better get my homework done or else my bottom will be like gold as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lovely. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, we actually did have a couple turntables and um, a rich record collection. That was my dad's. And at one point he let me just start using it because it was no sense in telling me not to touch the records. It was going to happen. Did you want to beat me every day? You know, I <laughs> live here worth too. It? Is it's it worth, worth it? it? Neither of us mm. like this. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. So um, I remember discovering the, that music through those records and having a little party for myself when no one was home. And the meat was still in the freezer. <laughs> okay. You ain't take that meat out. Girl, <laughs> I know you got on the homework. that. Right. <laughs> um, so what you got, Alexis? Beauty shop struggle. <laughs> Let's hear it. As I'm sitting in the beauty shop, there is temptation, a burning desire to up and leave. Been sitting here for Three hours already, just plain tired, worn out. Oof. I think they forgot about me. <laughs> Next thing I know, I hear the shampoo guy call my name. Time to get my hair shampooed. Time to get my midnight dew. <laughs> now, oh, three, how long? How, what's the longest you spent in a beauty shop? Listen, I was going to prom, right? I was mm-hmm. going to prom. And we started out early in the shop, maybe 10 o'clock. Okay, let's mm-hmm. say 10 o'clock. I didn't leave that until 9. 6 p.m. 9 p.m.? Well, let me get back. It was the evening. I think I left <laughs> at least by 7. At, and, and literally, Miss Prom. <gasps> you Miss Prom because your hair wasn't done? <laughs> I was waiting to get my hair done and there was no way out. This woman did hair so well. She just did <laughs> hair so well. And you know how that go. But yes, I said nine. I said nine because I remember it was nine o'clock and we was, I was with my date and we were talking about, well, we might as well just go out to eat. <laughs> Looking good though. <laughs> Yeah. You want to go to prom with an ugly boo-boo or you want to go to dinner with a fine woman <laughs> who just had her hair done? You know, you make the choice. Mm-hmm. Insane. Do you hear me? Insane. But that was the nature of the beauty shop. I've spent five hours on the couch and I remember that thought like, I think they forgot about me. Should I cause a scene? If I don't cause a scene, will my hair never get done? And don't let it be braids because then you really, you're stuck because half your hair looking crazy and the other half still done. So what are we going to do? Yeah. I'm just hostage. <laughs> hostage. You mm-hmm. are in the beauty shop held hostage for hours. Shout out to all the beauticians that book three clients at a time. We hate (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Go, Kari, share your next poem. Okay, I only have like two more. That's great. That's great. Okay, here we go. Um, Let's see. This is another short but very serious poem uh, in my culture and my household growing up and even today. It is called Street you know the rules when you come in from outside you better not get on the bed with your street clothes on and you better not let your friends do it either Mm. thank you (laughs) (laughs) la 
lots of snaps to that. Lots of snaps to that. I mean, I mean, I can't really snap, but yeah, that's just nasty. It is a thing. Like to see somebody get in the bed with street clothes, and my daughter does it all Ooh. the time. She just <gasps> like being on like the bed with street Ooh. clothes on. It's just I'm like, but it's street clothes. You've been outside Ooh. in that. Can't you take your clothes off? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Who raised her? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the answer. <laughs> but you know, sometimes when we get older, we shed the things that our parents put upon I've us. I've never shed that ever, ever. And that just could be one of the things she decided she wanted to shed. That's true. So I've added to it, though. I also don't allow shoes in the house. Ooh, girl. Shoes in the house. That wasn't a thing. I don't remember when we grew up. But anyway, I got another poem for you. I'm trying to decide between um, there's a couple of them. There's plenty of them on black hair. So I got the many facets of black hair or blue magic. I think I have blue magic, too. Uh, So whichever. Blue magic though threw me through my made my PTSD act up. So okay, I, you I do blue magic and I'll do <laughs> okay. one of the other ones. Okay. The many facets of black hair. Artistry of black hair, wavy, straight, wiggy, gummy, kinky, nappy, natural, sew-ins, throw-ins. It's black hair. Silky, shiny, lacky, twisty. Corn roll twists out. Sweat out. It's black hair. Blue magic. They say that blue magic is like magic because it helps the straightening comb do its thing. Helps that comb sizzle and dizzle and make your hair so slick and straight. It's like magic. Blue magic. And it's hot and running through our whole entire race. So I had a conversation with a coworker (laughs) about the way your parents torture you Mm. because of white supremacy. So listen, Mm. Mm. (laughs) what in the world are we doing, which we don't do anymore, but having babies, actual babies be burnt up all by the scalp with this grease that once the hot comb is applied, that grease, what do it do? It get hot, it melt and it go right to the scalp and it goes and you go. And what they say, Alexis, shut up. When you move, be still. (laughs) Where you better put your of? hands down. Or I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> you giving me something to cry about. I already have something <laughs> to cry about. Yeah. You don't want to be here? Good. Me neither. Let's wear afros. <laughs> What's wrong? I'm just going to school. You Ooh. know, and that's that indoctrination. Then you grow up thinking, well, I got to straighten my hair because I'm going to work. If yeah. I straightened it for second grade, don't I definitely got to straighten it for the office? <laughs> the answer ah. was no. And shame on your mama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It was a thing. <laughs> um, but the good thing, I feel like I don't remember getting my hair pressed a lot as a child. I... um. And I don't think I did. My mother did my hair until I begged her for a relaxer um, just before I started high school. And she allowed me to do that. And I didn't keep a relaxer long after that. Maybe 10 years. Mm-hmm. Maybe 10 years. And that's why you got that great, beautiful hair you got, too. <laughs> I think all that straightening of a hair just ruins our follicles. Our hair get confused and don't mm-hmm. know if it's supposed to be straight or tight or what. And, and it's been manipulated uh-huh. our whole life. Exactly. 
Yes, those stories resonated because I remember Blue Magic. I remember Blue Magic. I probably tortured my daughter a little bit more than my mom (laughs) tortured me. So, you know, it's a thing. And I believe in the edges being laid. So I'm so backwards. I'll put it up in a kinky bun and just take the back of the hot comb and lay the edges down. That is what we do, man. It's okay. (laughs) It's okay. So, yeah. (laughs) I guess I'm not that high and mighty. Yes, okay. Uh, okay, one more. <laughs> one more. You have one more? You go. Okay. Since this is your book. My one more is Different Shades. Different Shades. Black folk come in all different shades. That's right. All different shades of brown and black, yellowish brown, caramel, light brown, medium brown, dark brown, coffee being brown, then black, dark black, medium black, <laughs> and glistening blue black. We are a mixture of moods and shades. Same creator. When God painted us, he made us part of his masterpiece. He played with colors in the warm zone. Hard for us to feel it, though, being pressed down for so long. I really like that one because there are just so many shades of black people black people brown skin mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that that I one that I really too. love because you can have different shades within the same family mm-hmm. your brothers and sisters could get um, light skin privilege and you could not <laughs> it's just <laughs> such a thing but mm. that one resonated with me I really appreciated it because it's so true and there's no beauty like a deep, dark, purple, black skin beauty. When that Ooh, black child. is so deep, it's like velvet. Mm-hmm. Oof. It's like a walking artwork, sculpture. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. All right, Alexis, you ready to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Let's do it. What did you think about our uh, book, Digging Deep Down in Those Roots, and would you recommend it? I would start with I would recommend it. I would because it's just it's something good. You could just pick up and read a story, have a little giggle, or have a little reflection. It's mm-hmm. just, um, and all the poems aren't complicated. <laughs> right. Sure. <laughs> As yeah. my college professor would have me believe. <laughs> This was, um, I felt these stories, these poems, I, I they really um, touched me and my soul because it took me back to my childhood a lot of times. And, you know, even today, there were a few poems in there related to living your life today. But nonetheless, I really enjoyed them. The technical, the technical uh, aspects of them, I'm not there with that yet. I'll, I'll get there. I got more education to do. But I really did enjoy all the poems that I came across. Um, I read the whole book and I just made selections of the ones that resonated with me the most. And and I'll treasure those. But I love the idea of having this as a coffee table book, picking it up, reading a poem, smiling and putting it back down. It's really mm-hmm. great to have. How about you, Kari? Would you recommend this book? 
Yeah, I didn't intend to read all of it. I was just going to pick and choose um, some pieces Same. to share on the show. Mm -hmm. But it was so easy to digest. So I read through it also. It made me laugh, smile, think. Mm -hmm. um, so I would definitely recommend it. And it made me also want to find other books out there that um, are poems centered around one culture. So I want to find yeah. like a poetry book that's about growing up Italian-American or, you know, growing up Asian American or Japanese American, uh, maybe specifically. Um, and how awesome is this that it's about growing up, not just black American, but black American in Chicago or in the Midwest. Yes, yeah. You she know? had very specific poems about train lines, right? Bus lines. The Bud Billiken Parade. Yes, yes. <laughs> I had never heard of the Bud Billiken Parade till I moved here. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Since but until you moved to Chicago, until I moved to Chicago. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a big Chicago thing tradition. So, yeah, I um, this was so special. Mm -hmm. Like and you, and it's hard to find. I think on Goodreads it has one review. Um, so I, I would um, definitely recommend it and just leave it out for people to pick up and and appreciate. Um, yeah, whenever they have a moment. I loved this. So thank you for the recommendation. Perfect for April, which is National Poetry Month. Uh, that's right. And it's it's a good um so if you're some you're with somebody and you're you see the book and you read a poem, it's a conversation. It's a conversation. You can have a conversation right. about each one of these poems, whether you're familiar with the experience or you're not. I love it. Perfect conversation starter. Yep. So what are we reading next week, Alexis? And thank you again for this week's book. The Apollo Murders. Is that Have right? you started it? No, I didn't. It's a long one. <clears throat> so thank you for listening to Lit Society. We'll see you next Thursday. Lit Society is brought to you by Alexis Honoria and Kari Herrera. Support the cause by leaving a five-star review for our show on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review for us on Spotify. And on Apple Podcasts, you can also leave a comment about why you absolutely love us. We love y'all too. If you've enjoyed what you've just heard, tell a friend about Lit Society. Visit LitSocietyPod.com for show notes, this month's book list, and to sign up for our amazing email newsletter. And until next time, read something. something.